0: Lots happening, lots coming up. Our annual church picnic, as you heard, is Monday at Christie Lake. Okay, now we've been doing this for like, what, three decades, and it has never rained on that day. Can we keep the street going? I know the forecast doesn't look good, but don't worry about that. It didn't look good last year either, and it turned out just fine. I'd encourage you to come on out. It's always a great time together to hang out, sample everybody's food, uh, have some good social time together. Kids always have a blast uh, playing games and having a good time. It's good for a church to get together sometimes and just hang out and uh, eat some grub. Can I get an amen to that? Now, this has been a great night here tonight. Those of you who were here for pre-service prayer, and I would encourage uh, more of you to join us because we've been having some great pre-service prayer times lately. These last couple weekends have been fantastic. Uh, And tonight, again, same thing, just a sense and presence of God that was here you know, I was chatting with somebody a few weeks ago, and they, asked, uh, they were asking me what it's like or for some tips on preparing messages to preach. And they're working on some, and they're somebody who's learning, uh, you know, younger and learning at this and getting some opportunity. And we were talking about what that's like uh, and some of the things that uh, that I do and so on and so forth. And then there's times like right now, this week, where I've got things I'm working on for weeks, and three or four days ago, middle of the week, God says, no, 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 you're changing that all up for this weekend, doing something totally different, and through that worship time we just had, I now know why. I believe that God is specifically speaking to some of us here tonight, and I believe that before we're done here tonight, there's many of you who God wants to send you out of here with your eyes back on him, like the word Letitia just shared. Eyes back on him and not on anything else. Can I get an amen? It's so easy in life to focus on the wrong things and the difficult times uh, that come, uh, and I believe God wants to remind us that he's with us every single journey and every single season that we're in doesn't matter what's going on, God is always with us. Amen? The next several weeks, uh, we're actually going to be dealing with some uh, various topics that are just good, helpful, real life issues that every single one of us face, every single one of us deals with. Uh, I would encourage you uh, not only to uh, come with an open heart, but invite your friends, invite family members. These are issues that every human being walking on the planet uh, is going to go through and knows exactly uh, what it's like. Thankfully, the word of God gives us answers for every single situation that arises. Amen? How many are grateful that God has given you all that you need to live a successful, overcoming life? Turn to your neighbor and say, the Bible is good. Now, on that, on that note, let me ask you this. How many know life brings some disappointing, discouraging seasons? I just went right, just big downer right there. Hey, it's bound to happen. If you're alive, you're breathing, you're on this planet, you are going to have seasons that are pretty lousy. We're all going to have seasons where we think, this stinks. What's happening here? Why is this going on? Why is that going on? I believe that... First of all, I think it's great that the Bible gives us a whole bunch of uh, scriptures and encouragements and tips on how to deal with such circumstances. But I think as Christians, we really need to learn how to deal with them because you will end up having some of those discouraging, disappointing seasons. Later on, you'll look back on them as some of the biggest turning points in your life. Can I get an amen? Some of you who have already experienced this in your life. Times that were where things weren't going your way and you thought, what is up with this? As years went by, you started to realize what was up with that. You started to realize what God was doing. You started to realize the bigger picture. Right in the moment, we often don't see the big picture. We just see right then. We just see a narrow view of what's happening now. And I love what Letitia shared when she came up here. Often we can start to examine and analyze our lives based on those current immediate circumstances. We can start to examine and start to think, this is my life based on this tough thing or this season that I'm going through uh, right now. I believe that God wants to help you and I to not just endure difficult times, not just to barely survive, not just to barely hang on, but how to live and come through them successfully. You can come up the other side of your trying season stronger than you went in. Come on, I'm going to say it again. You can come out the other side stronger than you went in to those discouraging times. Sometimes we just want them to be over with and done with. God wants us to come out better and stronger than we've ever been. He's not, as, he's not quite as interested. If you notice, God's not quite as interested in rapidly wrapping up the tests as you and I wish he was. We wish he was more into just getting this thing over with and letting me get on with life. And he's looking at the big picture and saying, I've got too much at stake for you. I need to keep molding and shaping you. There's some things that I'm working on right now. Don't rush me. It's going to be worth it in the end. It's going to be worth it when I'm all done. So how we deal with disappointment, how we deal with discouragement, can set the tone, I believe, for our lives. It's easy to throw in the towel, get depressed, be miserable, be miserable be a pain to hang around, be annoying to everybody around you. That's that's easy. That is just, that's human nature, our flesh. That's super easy. How many here have children? Your kids have no problemo letting everybody around them know when they're in a miserable mood, right? If they're in a bad mood, everybody has to be in a bad mood. No, God wants you and I to learn how to go through difficult times and not to be annoying to everybody, not just to throw in the towel, not to give up but how to keep our eyes and our perspective on him. So we're going to look at a couple things here. The main thing we're going to look at tonight is, is, is part of the story of Moses. If you want to do a character study on someone sometime, I suggest you study the life of Moses. And go do some research into the way he viewed himself. Go do some reading into the passages of Scripture where he is talking to God. God's trying to call him to something, and Moses is saying, you got the wrong guy, pal, because I'm kind of just, I'm lousy. I'm lame. I'm not any good at what I do or what you're wanting me to do. Go do a character study sometime in the life of Moses. Uh, Read every verse that you can find on Moses, and you'll start to realize, hmm, this guy sounds a lot like me. This guy sounds no different than many of us, a regular human being who uh, knows himself inside out and is more than happy to remind God that I'm not ready, I'm not able, I'm not equipped, I'm not as good as that person, they're going to criticize me. Just all the things you and I say, you see Moses saying. Now, we're going to just share one little part of his story tonight. Go to Exodus uh, uh, Exodus chapter 5. Exodus chapter 5. <clears throat> now, where we are here in this story, I'll give you a bit of background for those who weren't familiar with it. How many have seen the movie, The Ten Commandments? The old school one, way back when. Okay, so you have at least a decent understanding of the story. Um, Moses is trying to live his life and do his thing, and God calls him and says, hey, I want you to be the deliverer of the children of Israel who are enslaved. And he says, "Uh, thanks, but no thanks. You got the wrong guy. I will head over here and just keep doing my work out in the countryside. And the way God is, and you know this, I think, if you're a believer, he comes and he knocks again and says, no, 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 I'm calling you to something, Moses. Let's chat again. You're not just drifting back off into the countryside and ignoring my call. And they have this whole thing where uh, God's trying to call him and he's given him every reason under the sun why he shouldn't be the guy for the job. Every reason under the sun why it's, I'm not the right one. You're talking to the wrong guy here, Lord. Finally, like many of us, after a lot of back and forths and a lot of us trying to twist God's arm, he finally relents and says, okay, okay, God, I'll go do what you're asking me to do. I'll go do this. I'm going to obey you which is a great character trait to have, right? Sometimes you and I can wrestle with some things and not be sure of things, but let's develop a heart that always ultimately obeys and responds to the call of God. Even if it's scary, even if it's overwhelming, even if you think it's beyond you, learn to say yes to God, amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, say yes to God. So he says, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, hey, let let us all go. We're tired of this. We're tired of you keeping us enslaved. Uh, You know, it's been real, but we're out of here. So he goes to Pharaoh and he says, it's been nice being here and making everything for you guys and building everything for you guys and you, uh, you know, enslaving us, but we're leaving. We want you to let us go. Set us free. And Pharaoh says, hmm, interesting request. I tell you what I'll do. You guys are going to keep making the same amount of bricks you've always made, but I'm taking all your straw away. You're going to go find your own straw. Oh, and while you're at it, I'm going to have some of my guys come and start whipping you and beating you from behind while you're making the bricks. Thanks for, ta- for talking, Moses. Head back to work. It's been real. So Moses goes back to God, and after this whole uh, response, Moses returns to the Lord, and look at what he says in verse 22 of Exodus 5 verse 22 and 23 in Exodus 5. He returns to the Lord and says, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, okay, he's, I I like how Moses is constantly trying to blame God through this whole thing. Ever since I went to speak to Pharaoh in your name, he's brought trouble on the people and you have not rescued your people at all. In other words, I told you I wasn't the guy for this job. I obeyed and I went and did what you asked me to do, and things are worse now than they've ever been. Thanks, I'm out. You haven't done what you said. I did my part. You didn't do your part. What's the deal here? What's going on? First thing we need to learn from this story and what we need to learn from discouraging times and seasons, it's easy to doubt God's word when the results look to be going in the complete opposite way that we thought they would. It's easy to doubt God's word when the results look like they're heading in the complete opposite direction. God speaks something, we really sense, we hear him, maybe we wrestle with it, but we finally get to this place of saying, I'm in God, I'll do it, I'm your man. And then you show up, you go do your part, and the end result, or what looks to be the end result at that time, is the total opposite. We start to second guess we start to say, hmm, I guess that wasn't God's word after all. I've had many conversations over the years with people, uh, and this sort of thing has come up where people say, I really thought God spoke this to me you know, in this time of my life or in this season, but but I'm realizing it was way off. It wasn't God at all. I must have just made it up. Well, why do you think that way? And they start describing negative things. They start describing life not quite going the way I thought. That circumstance, I was convinced it was going to go this way, but it's going this way now. It's total opposite. Maybe I never heard from God at all. No, maybe you did hear from God, and just like Moses, God's path to success isn't exactly the path that you and I think it is. We think the path should be like this, and God likes to do it kind of like this, and take us through some valleys and through some seasons, and mold us and shape us throughout the, throughout the journey. But don't doubt the word of God. Can I get an amen? amen. <coughs> Come on, we can't ever, ever doubt God's word. Not only his written word, his written word is clear, it's there for all of us, we can never doubt that, but many of you know what it's like when God gives you that word in your heart, and it matches up with the word of God, and it matches up with people around you, and you know that it was a rhema word from the Lord, don't start to doubt it when things don't look like they're going well. Don't start to doubt it just because some circumstances have kind of veered off course, or you and I think they have veered off course. Exodus 6 verse 1, God responds to him. He says, Moses, now you're going to see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. Then he goes on to remind Moses of his covenants with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is a key part of this story right here. God loves to remind us of who he is. God loves to remind us of the promises he has made. When you and I are starting to second guess and we're starting to doubt, get back into the presence of God and let God remind you of his faithfulness. Let God remind you of what he has spoken years, years, and years before. Let God remind you that it's his mighty hand that's going to do it. It's his power that's going to do it. It's his spirit that's going to do it. Moses went into him saying, I did my part, and you didn't do this, and you didn't do this, and you didn't do this. And God's here reminding him. I am gonna do this. I am gonna do this. Just simmer down. It's not quite in the way you expect it to be, but my mighty hand is absolutely gonna move. I spoke to you the first time we chatted about this, and I'm telling you the same thing today. I am going to do what I said I'm gonna do. How many love it when God reconfirms His Word in our lives? And in those moments, in those times, we gotta remember our faith and trust in God is not based on circumstances, it's based on His Word. It's based on who he is. Come on. You know you serve a trustworthy God? You can trust him no matter what's going on in your life. He is never going to leave you. He's never going to show up and say, yeah, you know what? My bad. I'm sorry. I got to apologize here. I spoke that thing to you before, but I was off. I thought I was talking to them. Wrong person. You look similar. I apologize. Just discard that word. It wasn't for you. How many have ever had God say that to you? Never. He knows who you are, and he knows exactly what he spoke to you. Don't let circumstances cause you to start doubting the faithfulness and the truth in the word of God. Don't let circumstances start causing us to second guess. Is he actually going to do what he said he's going to do? He will. It just isn't going to be in our timeline. It almost never is in our timeline. Now, I love what happens next. This is, I mean, we're going through this quickly here just, you know, for time's sake. Moses comes out of this encounter with the presence of God, encouraged and ready to report back to the children of Israel. He comes out of this, he goes in all discouraged and upset and saying, thanks for nothing. I did what you told me to do and now we're getting beaten and we have no straw and we got to still make the same amount of bricks. There, he, He's worse than he's ever been. And he goes into God's presence, God reminds him of his word, God reminds him of who he is, and Moses comes out encouraged. Encouraged enough to go back to the children of Israel and say, hey look, this is what God spoke to me. This is what's going to happen. He, he reminded me of what he already said. God, God's faithful. God's going to do it. God's going to uh, show up. Okay, we'll get to that in here in a minute. I, wanna, <coughs> I want us to pull out uh, a second part here, a second key uh, thing that we need to learn. Our encouragement in life comes from one source, him. He's the source of your encouragement. Turn to your neighbor and say, he is your encouragement. Your encouragement doesn't come from that great new pair of shoes you bought. Your encouragement doesn't come because someone said you look like you've trimmed down a little. Your encouragement doesn't come because you got a raise at work. Even though you love hearing that, nothing wrong with that. But that's, at the end of the day, not going to encourage you. You're still going to go to bed discouraged. You're still going to go to bed with the disappointing things happening in life. Encouragement, true, deep, satisfying encouragement only comes from him. Especially, I think, in the society we live in, it's easy to start looking all over the place for encouragement. It's easy to start looking to the left and to the right for encouragement and thinking, oh, that thing there will make me happy. If only I had more of that, then I would really be happy inside. This is, again, what I, why I love the word Letitia came up and shared. We're often looking to the left. We're looking to the right. He wants to remind us, get your eyes back on me. I am the source for everything you need. He is the source of our encouragement. He's the one who's going to come along, and he's going to encourage us when we're down, remind us of his goodness, remind us of his faithfulness. That's where encouragement comes from. We get discouraged by looking at our natural circumstances. You don't get encouraged by trying to create some other little bit better natural circumstances. You get encouraged by going back to the source. You get encouraged by going back to Jesus. You get encouraged in the presence of God. I did a very brief... Uh, message uh, teaching a few years ago on David, going from discouragement to courage, and I want to develop this into a bigger message someday, but go look at David when he was at his lowest points when he was discouraged, it tells us very clearly what he did, he got his ephod and he went back into the presence of God, and he came out encouraged and ready to go back to war he came out encouraged, ready to do what God had called him to do, the circumstances hadn't changed one bit but he got in the presence of God and came back out with his eyes fixed on God Right here, Moses goes into this discussion with God with these pretty bad circumstances. And now he's gone, you know, back to the Israelites, and they understand that after his big chat with Pharaoh, things are worse now than ever, he is discouraged. Moses is discouraged at this point. He comes into the presence of God, and he comes out a different person. Now, I want to throw a little side note into this, okay? God is the source of our encouragement, but you know, you and I are called to be encouragers. You know, as Christians, you very clearly we are instructed to be encouragers of one another. God will use people in your life sometimes to be the encouragement that you need. God will use people in your life sometimes to come along with that right word in season, that right scripture, that quick encouragement. I've had people say three sentences to me during a trying time, and they don't even know I'm in a trying time. Three sentences, an encouragement from God, a scripture, and it just it does something in here. It mixes with faith. It resonates with you because somebody's come along with their eyes on God and given you a bit of encouragement. Proverbs 11.25 says that someone who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. And I absolutely love this passage. There are so many different principles and points that come out just in that one scripture alone. One of the key ones, though, as far as it deals with tonight's word If you live your life looking to encourage and refresh other people, it's not just some strange coincidence. Proverbs isn't just saying somehow, flukily, luckily, you will also be encouraged yourself. What it's telling us is it is a godly principle that he will make sure that you are encouraged yourself. He will make sure that as you pour into others, he sends people along to pour into you. It's not just some random thing. If you're a Christian walking around complaining, nobody cares about me, nobody loves me, nobody ever speaks anything good to me, I would very humbly suggest take a glance in the mirror and say, I'm going to start to be Mr. or Mrs. Encouragement as much as I can. I'm going to start to refresh other people as much as I can and let God worry about how this works. But his word is true, and soon enough you'll have people refreshing you. We don't encourage others greedily. Okay, I'm going to start pretending to encourage people now so God will send people my way. No, no, no. That doesn't work, right? He sees our heart. This, and this is what I said a minute ago, you could do a whole sermon just on that one tiny short little verse. This gets right back to the Beatitudes. This gets right back to the Sermon on the Mount. This gets right into the whole idea that as believers we're called to put others first and to live with others being preferred above ourselves, to love others greater than ourselves, to look around and uh, they will know we're believers by our love. There are so many principles locked up in this passage, and this is why the Lord knows he can get a passage like this in here, and you and I can take it to the bank, that if you live your life pouring into other people, he will make sure other people pour into you. So I wanted to make sure to highlight that in here, because I'm never a big fan of, in our Christian journey, I'm never a huge fan of when we try to take an attitude that it's just me and God just me and God, me and God, me and God. You know, just I go away by myself and it's just me and God. No, at the end of the day, we are going to stand just before him. It is us and him, but he's put us in a body, he connects us, and he gives us clear instruction on how to love and to live together. And this here is a huge key. You might be missing out on some tremendous encouragement in your life because you've not made it a lifestyle to do it with others. If you get nothing else out of this tonight, maybe that's what you needed to hear. Leave here tonight and say, I am going to be an encourager. Turn to your neighbor and say, be an encourager. (laughs) You know, sometimes it can be the most simple, easy thing. Boy, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're part of this church. You look great tonight. I appreciate you so much. Hey, you were working in the kids' room last week, and my kids just, they love it when you're there. Thanks so much for doing such a great job. Thanks for always having a smile on your face when you're in the cafe working there. You always brighten things up. Why don't you do this? Take 30 seconds right now, turn to the person next to you, and say a quick little encouraging word to one another. Go ahead, right now, quick little word of encouragement. <laughs> To those of you sitting by yourself, you are good-looking, and I am glad you're here tonight. Come on. Yes. Receive it. Receive it. Exodus (laughs) 6-9. So Moses has come to God and tried to blame God and complained. And God has said, hey, simmer down, buddy. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. And they have their whole exchange, and Moses is now ready to go back and report to the Israelites. So Exodus 6-9 gives us that report. Moses reported to the Israelites what God said, but they didn't listen to him. Why? Because of their discouragement. Because of their harsh labor. Why didn't they listen to the word of God? This is the key, guys. we got to get this. They didn't listen to the word of God because they were discouraged and because of their circumstances. They believed in him. They loved him. They had learned all about him, been taught in the ways of the Lord. We have to be careful when we're in seasons of discouragement or in seasons with poor circumstances that we don't allow it to start to tune out the word of God. Let's be real here. We're a little bit more at risk in those seasons This is why it's good to be connected with other people. Do you know what the odds are of you and all of your friends being miserable and depressed and discouraged at the same time? Like almost slim to none. You can be sure that when you're down in the dumps, one of them is flying sky high. I would encourage you to get close to them and hang on tight. Let some of it rub off. Let their perspective keep you looking at God. When you want to give up and look the other way, one of those friends will say, hey, hey, hey! you're seeing things wrong right now. God is right there. His word was this in your life, Remember? This is why it's so good to be connected. This is why it's so good. But learn to be careful in those seasons. I love that. It says they didn't listen to him because they were discouraged and because of their circumstances. So in other words, if they weren't discouraged and if their uh, circumstances were the same as always, they, they would have listened to what he said. They would have listened to the word. We've got to be on guard that we don't miss and ignore and close our ears to the word of God, no matter what the circumstances are like no matter what season we're going through. Amen? You know, God loves to speak to us in the storm. This is why this point right here is so crucial. If we're living our lives in such a way where we tune them out in the storm, we are potentially missing some of the greatest moments in our lives. We are potentially missing some of the greatest opportunities where God wants to show up and speak to us. If we develop this attitude that says, I'm not listening to anything because right now everything stinks. God wants to show up and kind of show off and rebuild our faith in the middle of the storm. I love the story in Matthew 14. <clears throat> we'll, we'll pick it up in verse 22 here in a minute. In Matthew 14, he feeds the 5,000 people, which is really more like 10, 11, 12, 15,000 people when you add them all together. And then he sends his disciples in the boat onto the other side of the lake. It says, guys, head on over there. I'll meet you there. And it says, he goes and prays. Now look at this in Matthew 14, 22. 22 to 27. It says, Immediately after this, Jesus told them to get in the boat and cross the other side. Well, he sent everyone home. Okay, this is after feeding them. He went up to the hill by himself to pray. Night fell while he was alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. A strong storm had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. At 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came walking towards them on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Listen to those words of Jesus in the midst of the storm. Some of you need to hear this tonight. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. He always wants to remind us that he is with us in the middle of the storm. (coughs) One of the key, there's a couple key points that we need to get here one it can be easy to start to completely miss god in the middle of the storm okay i just said a minute ago we can start to ignore his word and not even want to hear his word when we're in the storm they didn't even recognize him they just hung out with him they're they're living their lives with Him. them and jesus are going everywhere he comes walking across the water and they freak out thinking it's a ghost In the middle of the storm, sometimes your vision gets blurred. Your perspective gets a little bit off. It's easy to start looking to this circumstance and to that circumstance and how difficult it is, and you can miss him in the middle of the storm. The second thing that we've got to get out of this point right here is when Jesus shows up in a moment like this, if it was a beautiful sunny day and he feeds to 5,000 people and says, hey, guys, check this out. I'm going to show off a little after I'm done that miracle. And he went walking across a nice calm lake. That would have been great enough. They all would have been, wild. Wow, look at this guy walking across the, on top of the water without sinking. But boy, oh boy, when he shows up in a way like he can only show up in the middle of a raging storm, you and I, we don't want to miss those moments. These are some of the most powerful, shocking moments to remind us of how great and awesome our God is. We've got to make sure we don't completely miss him. He wants to show up in the middle of your roughest season. He wants to show up and blow your mind. Say, wow, really? Jesus, this is you? Yeah, it's me. If you've ever wondered if I've got control over everything, if you've ever wondered if you can trust in me, don't wonder anymore. He shows up. He shows off. He comes and makes it clear to us that he is in charge in the middle of the storms. Make sure we're not blinded to him. Make sure we don't miss him. Make sure we don't, oh, it's a ghost. No, no, no. It's Jesus showing up. It's Jesus showing up in the middle of your storm, saying, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. He can say those first two things because of the third thing. Don't be afraid and take courage. Why? Because he is with you. The circumstances might look like they're worth being afraid. Might look like there's lots of reason to have no courage based on what's going on in your life. But because Jesus is right there at your side, you don't need to be afraid. Because Jesus is right at your side, you can take courage. You don't ever have to doubt when you know and you're reminded that he's with you in the middle of the storm. Amen? God wants to speak to us (coughs) in the midst of our storms. He wants to speak to us in the seasons and the moments that are the toughest God wants to show up in your stormy season and your discouraged season and your depressed season and your disappointed season and he wants to speak life over you like we sung tonight I hope you're seeing by the way as we start to go through this and almost everything we sung tonight and every word that was shared tonight and the prophetic song that came tonight God is clearly I believe trying to get our attention here yeah. God's trying to remind us. Some of us maybe need this right now tonight more than others, but we all need it to be reminded that he is where we need to keep our eyes. He wants to show up in the middle of your storm, and he wants to remind you that he called you. He wants to remind you that he has anointed you. He wants to remind you that you are able, that you're an overcomer. He wants to remind you that you are the head and you're not the tail. He wants to remind you that the words he spoke, they will come to pass because of his mighty hand and his mighty power. He wants to remind you that all the dreams and the desires he's put deep within your heart, they were from him. Don't give up hope. He wants to remind you of the things that he's spoken to you over and over and over. He wants to remind you how much he loves you. How much he loves you as a son and as a daughter in the midst of the storm. Think about your own children. My kids all are, have gone through varying seasons of being scared of storms. And I try to, you know, work that out of them because I love storms. <laughs> and so we're basically down to the last one, to Joey, just scared of storms. I mean, like any sign of thunder and like it's game over, you know. And so we went on vacation to Florida in the middle of the summer. You ever been down there in the middle of summer? It's this flat little strip of land that sticks out into the middle of water on all sides, all three sides, and man, the storms are impressive. So I told Joey when we got there, okay, look, bud, every almost every day, and it didn't end up being every day, but I said, at this time of year, almost every day at some point there could be a ginormous storm. And he always asked me, how big will the storm be? Here he always we go through this whole song and dance. How big will this storm be? Well, sometimes it'll be huge. I don't really ever tell him, even when they are going to be huge, because I know he'll just freak out. So I usually try to downplay them. Eh, it won't be that bad. Meanwhile, I'm watching tornado watches, and you know. (laughs) I just hope it misses somehow or blows over, and he'll never know any better. So we're down here in Florida, and you know, the thunder, and everything's different down there. The thunder rumbles, and the whole place shakes, and all the windows and mirrors rattle. And it happened the first couple of days there, late in the day, late in the afternoon. These big storms would roll in, and he, he did tremendous, actually. He did great. It was probably a bonus that it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in the middle of the night. In the middle of these huge storms, I was standing one night on the beach, <coughs> and almost every night there, so we're in the Gulf of Mexico, where I'd never been. The sun sets uh, over that direction. Almost every single night, this spectacular sunset would happen over the Gulf, and just to the left, further out in the Gulf, were these huge thunderstorms. So you could get like, like both scenes at the same time every night. Gorgeous sunset, like ha- hardly any clouds, and then way out this way, lightning bolts and all sorts of stuff happening. So one night, everybody goes. everyone who lives along that coast, they would come down to the beach at night during the sunset and then head back up. Well, I stayed down one night because this storm that was going on was something else. This was maybe the best storm I'd ever seen in my life, and it was only a couple miles offshore. It actually was so close to the shore, I backed up. A little bit nervously off the beach, and I stood under the overhang of our condo. I thought, okay, let's let a few stories of something be above me, between me and the sky. And it was just raging. It didn't rain where we were. It was just, they, these storms never came on shore. They always stayed out in the Gulf, but this one was just a bit closer than, than most. Lightning bolts coming out of the sky. It was more light than dark. You know those storms where it's night out, but it might as well be day? Like, it's just light, 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 and then a bit of dark, and then everything's lit up, everything's light. You can see up and down the beach, no problem. Lightning bolts were hitting the water and sticking like a taser. I mean, I've seen lightning bolts hit before, but these would be like, bzz, 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 for like five seconds and not let go. I'm like, what's happening? A shark's getting just mangled or something's <laughs> going on out there. Over and over, these bolts that would just stick. And I'm watching this thing, and I think about this passage while I'm there. thinking, can imagine if you're in a boat out there, and all of a sudden, Jesus comes strolling along. <laughs> Howdy, what's happening? Of course they thought it was a ghost. You're freaked out. You're wondering if you're going to survive, if you're going to make it. Boats rocking everywhere, lightning going on, super windy, pouring rain, and Jesus comes walking out into the middle of the storm. This is the God that you and I serve. Don't ever forget it. This is the God that we serve. This is what He does in the middle of the storm, He controls the storm. He's not taken by surprise. He doesn't have to wait for it to calm down a bit before he can show up. He can waltz right through the middle of your storm and speak life back over you. When you are in the middle of discouraging, disappointing seasons... There's a fleshly part of you that wants to skip prayer, that wants to skip worship, that wants to skip church, that wants to skip small group. You need to make that the priority and get there earlier than everybody else. Get on your knees and say, God, I'm coming to you in the middle of my storm. I want to hear from you in the middle of my storm. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to worship more. I'll cry the whole time if I have to. I don't care, but I'm getting into your presence, and I'm going to hear from you. Because he's there. He's there. He's there. He's waiting. He's ready. He's showing off, walking through it, walking through our storms to remind us he's never going to leave us. He wants to take us into victory. He wants to take us to the next season of our life. Amen? The third point here, I, I haven't been doing a good job giving you my points. The first one was it's easy to doubt God's word when circumstances look opposite of what we thought they would. The second one is your encouragement comes from him and him alone. The third point take courage turn to your neighbor and say take courage courage. it's there for the taken it's there for the taken there's no reason for us to not take courage first chronicles 28 david's telling uh, the israelites that it's going to be his son solomon who builds the temple and is the next king and he gives them all these instructions. Obey the Lord your God and his commands. Worship him. Serve him. Live, you know, live your lives dedicated to him. Build with this much gold, this much silver. David's giving all these instructions. And check out this part of his speech as he's letting them know what's happening here and his plans. First Chronicles 28, verse 20. David continued, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. Why would he add this to his list of instructions? Serve me, pass it on to your kids, obey me, work hard, use this much gold, this much silver. Why would he then throw this in here? Because he knows, he's lived long enough, and he was wise enough to know opposition is going to come. Discouraging seasons are going to come. Disappointments are going to come. Opposition is going to come. And he didn't want to leave the next generation just there kind of wondering, "Jesus, what do we do now? He wanted to let them know, hey, all that's going to come your way, but this is what you need to remember. Be strong and courageous because you serve my God. You serve the Lord who is never going to leave you or forsake you. He'll make sure it all gets built properly. Don't worry about the opposition. Don't worry about the enemy. Don't worry about the attacks. I love how he speaks with absolutes. I love how he tells them to keep going. You know, we teach our kids, don't use absolutes. She never does this, or he always does this, right? We say, stop it. They don't always do that. They did that today, and it annoyed you. They don't always talk like that. They don't always treat you that way. But when we see absolutes here in the word of God, we need to pay attention. We need to read these things. Listen to this. He will not fail you. Say not. Is there anything ambiguous about that? Do you understand what not means? He will not fail us. There's no room for questioning. There's no room for, well, what does that mean exactly? Is God going to fail me sometimes? No, never, not. He will not fail, you or I. He will see to it that all, say all. All all the work of the temple is completed correctly. I wonder if God's going to help us really finish this thing entirely or will we miss some parts during the seasons of battle. No, no, no. The word from the Lord was all of it will be done. All of it is going to be done. He will not fail or forsake you. He'll never leave us. He'll make sure that the work is done. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, because God is with you. How many are thankful that God is with you? Amen? 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. I'll throw a couple more absolutes your way while we're here. Some, uh, some of those phrases. 1 Corinthians 15 58. Dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable always. Say the word Always. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord because you know that nothing, say nothing, nothing, nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Amen. Always work hard. Nothing you do for him is useless. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God goes before you. He will never, say never, never, never leave or forsake you. This is fantastic stuff when he gives us these very clear absolute instructions these very clear and absolute teachings that our God is never going to leave or forsake us As we finish up here I want to give you four very quickly four steps to developing greater faith in discouraging seasons Letter A obey the word of God The Bible tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God First Chronicles 28 6 and <coughs> excuse me 6 and 7 your son Solomon will build my temple, for I've chosen him as my son, and I will be his father. And if he continues to obey my commands and regulations as he does now, I will make his kingdom last forever. Again, here's a tremendous verse, giving us something that's on our end to do, and God will do his part on his end. If, say if. if. Say this isn't an absolute. This is up to Solomon now. This, this verse here, you and I wish it said... I will make his kingdom last forever. And just skip the part about if we obey his commands. But God knew what he was doing when he wrote this. If you and I will obey his commands and regulations, I'll make the kingdom last forever. Letter B, do his work. Okay, we saw that in 1 Chronicles 28.20. Always enthusiastically work for the Lord. Do his work. God has called you and I to be a part of his kingdom building team. You know, when your car is broken or not working well, you've got to get it off the road and go get someone to look at it to get fixed up before you drive it again. If if the thing's all shaking crazily and you can barely keep it straight, you know, and what's up with this? You don't want to drive it because it's a danger. It's not roadworthy. When you and I are hurting and we're kind of broken and we need some fixing and we need some work, God doesn't pull us out of action and say, come sit over here in a parking lot till someone gets a chance to look at you. He says, keep doing my work. (laughs) Keep encouraging others even when you are miserable and nothing's going your way. Keep on working to help build my kingdom because I died on that cross for people and I commanded you to go make disciples. I didn't command you to go make disciples when you're in a good mood. I said go make disciples, period, end of story. Always do his work. You will get the attention of God, I believe, when you can learn to press through and do the work of the Lord, especially in those difficult seasons. It's easy to do it and to sacrifice and to, you know, give ourselves to him when everything's going great. But boy, in those tough times when we just want to sit at home by ourselves in the corner and do nothing but watch TV, but we decide instead to keep doing his work, wow, does that get the attention of God. God will show up and speak in that storm if we keep doing his work. The enemy loves to get us to pull out of action. He loves to get us to resign from the army. He loves to get us to just pull away and say, I can't can't do anything for the Lord. I'm too hurting myself right now. God says, no, 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 I'll never leave you or forsake you. Always work enthusiastically for me. Let her see. remain faithful. Moses wanted to run and say, hi, I told you. I told you you had the wrong guy. Okay, now do you believe me? I'm out of here. Go find somebody else. And we don't know all the ins and outs of his discussion, but I'm sure there were some parts that were kind of like that. But at the end of the day, he remained faithful to the call that God put before him. At the end of the day, even while giving God all the excuses and reasons why he can't do it, he didn't bolt, he didn't run, he didn't give up, he didn't leave, he stayed faithful. And look what God did in the end. Look what happened at the end when he remained faithful. And the final one, letter D, listen to his voice. God will speak to you in the storm, like I've been saying. Remember these stories with people like Moses and David. little free tip I want to throw your way. Get far away from critics, naysayers, negative Nellies, whiners, complainers. Get far from them. Because boy, oh boy, the enemy loves to stir their lips up more than ever when you're in a discouraging season. Just get away. Get away from them. Surround yourself with people who will help encourage your faith. People who will help remind you of what God spoke. People will remi- who will remind you of how good he is. Surround yourself with people who are on the same mission that you're on, going full after God, going with all their strength, all their soul, all their might. Let those be the ones who can literally lift you if you need to and kind of help you keep walking slowly forward as they strengthen you on each side. Surround yourselves with good people. There's always somebody looking to drag someone down into their misery pit. Don't let them take you. Keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. Listen to his voice. Amen? How many are encouraged tonight? How many would say, yeah, you know what? I needed this reminder. (laughs) I'm going to go through disappointments, discouragements, but boy, oh boy, in the end, I want to make sure I'm in tune with the voice of my God. Because what God spoke over your life, he will be faithful to do it. Remember one of the first verses we looked at, it will be by his mighty power that it happens. You might feel weak and depleted and like you've got nothing left to give. Get back into the presence of God and watch him show up in the middle of your storm and do something amazing. Watch what God can do when we've run out of options and we give him everything that's left. We say, God, you've got to do it because I can't make it happen anymore. He's a faithful God and he will absolutely show up. Amen? I want to encourage you next weekend, Mary's going to be speaking on forgiveness and every human, whoever walks the planet, will have to deal with issues of forgiveness. Invite your friends, invite your family members. I am believing God that we are going to arm ourselves as a church. We're in this season of advancing and moving forward. We're going to bolster our armor. We're going to bolster the things that we need to deal with in life so that the enemy cannot knock us to the left or to the right, but we are going to slowly but surely march forward with a plan and purpose God has us on right now. Amen? Amen? Come on, we serve an awesome God. We serve a good God.